make us a favorite button on your browser. If you click it, you'll go to that page. TalkZone.com, your first choice for talk on the Internet. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves. Thanks for being with us. So, General Stone says this is about Arab culture. uh, General Stone over in Iraq who's turning... The regular uh, prison turn, system, yeah, and and the regular militants, not the hardcore militants, into being good citizens. Well, we'll get into how he does this here. I, th- I think there's more of that here. Just a minute. So he says this is an Arab culture. It's about respect. It's all about respect. Once the detainees trusted their American and Iraqi guards to be decent and fair. They rejected the pressure by militants to shun education programs offered by the United States. We've seen an enormous drop in violence. Many months have passed now without any major incident. Stone generates new ideas by the minute. (laughs) (laughs) He's a problem solver. (laughs) Yes. Like, for instance, consider the bread factory. Annoyed by the cost and logistic difficulty of trucking pita bread, a staple of Iraqi diet, across the desert from Kuwait to Camp Buka, Stone built a bakery last year right there. Under an Indian company, now look at this, he brought in a whole other company that, you know, Muslims and, and Hindu is, um, Indians are supposed to be at war, but, you know, we're blending all people so we're under one justice system instead of our religion against yours or our culture against yours. So, under an Indian company's management, it churns out 150,000 pitas a day at just 13 cents a piece. So he solved that problem, and uh, he has jobs for these guys there, and and, uh, economy is working good. He says the emphasis is on respect and incentives. Another of Stone's apparent gifts is getting his innovations funded. Uh, Many of them, many of the people around him credit Stone for having found money to more than double his vocational education classes at Camp Buka. You know, so General Stone doubled the amount of money that was going into some of his classes. I mean, he found that money. I mean, there's an earnest man finding solutions. His vision and ability to resource it made a huge difference in some of these uh, programs they were starting. Um they started also a uh, program for artists right in the, right in the uh, detention camps, and now it's a huge huge success. One formerly militant detainee who was recently released, a man nicknamed Picasso for his bold original designs, has agreed to return to the program as a counselor and teacher for the other detainees in art. Isn't that lovely. That's a beautiful thing. They're getting a whole system going here. Yep. This is a good story, and this is, you know, this is what America is doing. This is a good story about America. Uh, his real mission, uh, General Stone will tell you, is to save American lives by keeping hardcore militants from killing U.S. troops. I'm not a do-gooder. That's not why I'm here. So, um, detention, he says, should be seen as an integral part of the military's counterinsurgency effort, a vital component of what Stone calls the battlefield of the mind. And 
you know, see what they're doing with these prisons over there. Think what we can do with the prisons in America. We can turn these things around. We just need some leadership. This guy's, you know, we have a huge problem. We've got a million prisoners over here, and, and we have a solution here that can turn them around. Now, in the middle of all this, you know, you heard the huge outcry of Cong- the Democrats of Congress and the benchmarks that Iraq was supposed to make or were just going to pull out of there and everything, and how the media was screaming and everything, and you don't hear anything from the Democrats or the media anymore. Why do you suppose not? It's because we're meeting the benchmarks, and, uh, you know, they're not applauding, they're not celebrating, they're not saying, way to go, General Petraeus, or way to go, General Stone. They're quiet because it's not what they were wanting. That's right. You know, I read today on CNN that the major Sunni faction rejoined uh, into the new government, which is a huge win. I mean, things are turning around all over the place right. in Iraq. Just civility, and America's leading democracy and civility and justice. It's like your religion and your group doesn't get a priority over mine. Mine doesn't get priority over yours. Uh, everyone's equal in the eye of justice. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Uh, if you'd like to call in, we're at 1-800-336-2225. We're talking today about Dr. Uh, Major General Doug Stone and what he's doing single-handedly and with an incredible team around him to turn some of the militants into high-class citizens. He's throwing <laughs> kisses at me over here. What is this? I love this gal. <laughs> I, Iraqi unemployment remains very high, and there's few services offered for, for these detainees. So a, a post-release program is what General Stone wants to do, and this program would provide former detainees with a monthly stipend of between 175 and $200 for six months in exchange for return visits to the detention center to ensure that they are still studying and working and staying out of trouble. So they don't just give that money to them. They have to prove that they're advancing in their studies and and their jobs and they're staying out of trouble. You know, this is a great program, again, for the American prisons, too. We have a, a great solution here that can start in Iraq and, and do us a lot of good and do the world a lot of good. Uh, they say Stone wages his battle for the hearts and minds of the detainees. So there's where the real war is. This is very encouraging. Colleagues say um, he has an uncanny ability to keep his ego in check and stay on course. I love this part. Isn't this, that great? This is such a good part. Well, you know, it's hard when you have great power or you have great fame to keep your ego in check. Yes, and he does a... You're going to tell the rest of that? Yes. Yes, because he does a brilliant job. And I'll tell you, if you get your uh, ego in the way, you've already lost ground. And this guy doesn't do that. So General Stone was getting his second star as a general. And he had his first star made into mementos for his grandkids. Even when it was supposed to be all about him... It was not all about him. He um, he doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself, uh, is what this General Pruisk says. He's all about the mission, and that's it. 
Boy, folks, that just brings me right into this other little article I would like to read, which is just sort of like from the opposite end of the world. So this is, again, a little blurb out of the What is Enlightenment magazine, and it's called Numbers, and it's very, very scary. It's called Generation Y, uh, an alien life force. <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> He says, call them what you will, Generation Y, Generation Next, Generation Me, the Millennials, today's young people who are going to play a major role in determining what our collective futures look like. Recent recruitment materials for the U.S. Navy even referred to them as, are you listening, narcissistic praise junkies. (laughs) Jeez. And a somewhat alien life force. Had too many born under Pluto or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a problem. So many born under Pluto that everything's going goofy. Perhaps lamenting the drop in this age group's propensity to join the armed forces from 26% in 2001 to just 3% today. So what do Generation Wires want these days and how do their generational goals differ from those of generation xers last year report from pew research center uh, gave us a sample of these now you know we were just hearing about general a major general you took that away from me stone douglas stone and how it isn't about him it's about the mission so on that i would like to read these numbers these statistics because they're like pretty different so for there's uh five questions here. What are your generation's most important goals in life? This is uh, uh one group is the generation next 18 to 25 and the other group is generation X 26 to 40. First question. What is your most important goal in life? To get rich. For, eight, for which generation? Eight, I'm doing it. Okay. 81% of 18 to 25 year olds say to get rich is their most biggest priority and above all else. Ouch. Yeah, that is ouch. Wow, that's a capitalism gone amok. Yes, it is. And uh, the generation X, 26 to 40, uh, to get rich, 62%. So see, it took almost a, it went at almost a 20% rise. In, in, from yep. the one generation to the next. Wow. The next one, what is uh, most important to be famous? Me, 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 me. Oh, gosh. So the generation X, 26 to 40, they were 29%. The generation next, 18 to 25, 51%. I'm going to be famous. And, you know, to them, this is all that's important is me, 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 that's me, me. That's the number one. Wow. Number three, to help people who need help. <laughs> Only 30 and 36% of these kids and young adults are concerned about helping people who need help to be leaders in their community. Generation Next, only 22% have any interest. And Generation X, the 26 to 40, 33%. And this might be the most scary one of all of them. The final question to become more spiritual. These young people, ages 18 to 25, said only 10% of them was that of any kind of priority. It's just not a priority. 
Ouch. And in the 26 to 40-year-olds, 31% is concerned about being more spiritual. Boy, that's better. Yes, and this young crew, 18 to 25, is pretty scary stuff. So Thomas Friedman of Generation Q in October of uh, 2007 said this, The more I'm around this generation of college students, the more I am both baffled and impressed. I'm impressed because they are so much more optimistic and idealistic than they should be. (laughs) (laughs) I am baffled because they are so much less radical and politically engaged than they need to be. Hmm. You know, folks, if you know of people that are in these groups and you notice how focused they are on materialism and self aggrandizement and narcissistic praise junkies do what you can to work with them be a mentor talk to them use some wisdom see if you can maybe uh uh grow them up a little bit i mean our country is going to be relying on these kids and these young adults and uh, it's a pretty scary idea. You know, when you get a generation or two where they, all they know is basically the affluent society and everything works okay and everything, it's easy to have more optimism and idealism un- until reality hits, you know. And th- on the other hand, maybe astrologically or something, these new young people have something connecting that we don't and and maybe it is uh, further along the line than we are you know i hope that's the case but i don't think it is well we still have world war three that has already begun and that isn't going away and that they're going to square they're going to have to square off and deal with because that's the next 10 20 years that we're going to have to deal with that you know, we're retarding that war, and we're delaying it, and, you know, we're slowly, like our story we just got through, we're slowly turning this around. We might turn it around. With Iraq. Yeah, with Iraq, you know, and, and Afghanistan, that spreads. Yes. It gets into it's the ground It's going to spread swell. a lot. It will, you know, because there's like a 100 million uh, militant Islamist fascists. That are in those areas. Yeah, one one tenth, eight 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 to twelve percent kind of thing. So, you know, we had the home run derby last week, and I remember years ago Larry Walker, the Colorado uh, Rockies, uh, he hit the most home runs, I believe it was, and but somebody else wins because after you hit way more home runs, the first or second round, there's three rounds. You get real tired, and it's based on who's there at the last and wins the most in the last. So, you know, to me, that's just completely not fair with how people work. So here we have last week Josh Hamilton, Texas Rangers. In the in the first round, he, ate, he hit 28 home runs, which was a record of all times. It was just amazing to watch, and ended up with 35 home runs total, and uh However, Justin Morneau uh, hit 22 home runs total compared to Josh Hamilton's 35, but Justin Morneau wins because he hit more in the last round. Too bad it's not fair. You know, it's just too bad. 
Another very interesting thing. How could they thing. do it that would make it fair? Well, whoever hit the most home runs total. Period. Period. That, I mean, why not? The home run, the home run champion hits one third less home runs than the runner up. I, how does that add up? But here's something about Justin Mornu. Morno. He also scored in the 15th inning, the tiebreaker uh, run in, in the All-Star game. So he was showcased in, in both the game and the home run derby. One man was the clincher of both of those. Uh, I wonder what his stars were on that day. Just amazing. We encourage you to go to our website, MasteringOurselves.com, where you'll find Steps to Enlightenment and Wisdom Toning Series CDs that are available for sale on our website. They are excellent tools to help nudge you along your spiritual path. Uh, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. We're here to help humanity wake up one show at a time. And we will be right back to finish up. <laughs> 